listening to the Word Alive International Outreach Sermon of the Week. This week's message comes from our Tabernacle Conference. For more information or content from this series, visit wordalive.tv. We hope you enjoy this message from Kent Mattis. We believe that the God we serve has the power to redeem, restore, renew, and move you into different seasons in your life. That's what this whole season's about, tabernacles. It's about renewing, restoring, refreshing, and God intentionally coming along, bringing us into new seasons. Uh, I, was, I was so blessed by all the speakers at our tabernacle gathering, but uh, one I thought was so powerful, Larry Huck talked about, is God so wants you to get blessed. He so wants you to understand when a new season's coming. He starts sounding the shofar, 40 days in advance, every day, wake up, listen, don't miss it, because he's so intentionally wanting us to realize I'm ready to do something new, I'm ready to take you into a different season, and so I'm here to announce to you today, this is a new season, and I don't really have a a teaching today, I actually believe I have a message, and I actually like a message better than a teaching, because I believe a message is from God. We can teach about a lot of things, but I believe God is speaking to us today. And so I simply, my message is God's grace has provided us a season of God's goodness. God's grace has provided us a season of God's goodness. This is one of those times in the Feast of Tabernacles, and we're actually commanded by God to designate this next week, starting tonight at sundown, We are to literally rejoice before the Lord seven days. Rejoice. So God commands us to feast. Who don't want to serve that God? So God is commanding you from tonight, next seven days, to feast and rejoice. Deuteronomy 16, 14 says, Be joyful at your feast, for the Lord your God will bless you, and your joy will be complete. So what does that look like practically for us? Practically for us, this is a wonderful time this week together with friends and family and literally share testimonies of God's goodness. A special time to set aside our regular activities and feast on His goodness and believe for God's glory to manifest in our lives. For my wife and I, we'll set us up a Walmart tent in the yard and we'll order pizza in and we'll gather all of our children and grandchildren around and you know what we'll do? We'll testify to them how we have been redeemed by the blood of the lamb from the hand of the enemy. My wife and I, and we don't hold nothing back. My wife and I'll sit right with our children and grandchildren and say, you know, your baby was a drug dealer, your papa was a drug addict, and your mama was a rolling stone. You know, I mean, we don't, we don't hold anything back. We're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we'll testify to our family what God has done in our lives and how he's transformed and delivered us and changed us. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Why we want to use this time every year to sow into our families the power of God and the goodness of God and how good God's been to us. Now, we'll do it every night. It doesn't have to be steak every night. Fry the bologna. Get outside. Look at the stars. Just do something extraordinary and bring friends or neighbors or or just your family and celebrate for seven days in a row the goodness of God. Now, I know some people say, well, Ken, it's been a tough season. I don't know how much I have to celebrate. You know, you can always find something. 
I just talked to a gentleman this week who called me. He's a businessman in our church, and uh, we talked a few weeks back. Business, you know, maybe not as great as it normally is or not, a, not as prosperous as a different season in their life. But he said, man, this, he's a jeweler actually by trade. He said, I got in my car and I headed out for the day and all of a sudden I stopped because I thought I don't have my loop, which is the instrument to look at the jewelry he was going to, uh, to price. And so he said, I paused for one minute, pulled over on the side of the road, looked in my bag to make sure I had it. I had it. I drove up and as soon as I got to the top of the hill, there was a massive accident that had happened one minute before I got there. He said, I literally trembled, had to pull over on the side of the road, and thank God that I had stopped to look for my loop. If not, I probably would have been the one in the accident. We can always find something to rejoice about and thank God for. And so we're commanded for this next seven days to literally be grateful to God, even though we may have been through a difficult season, and position ourselves to move into a new season. You see, your gratitude is about the past season, but your attitude will determine your next season. I'm going to say that again. Our gratitude is for this last season, but our attitude will determine this next season. you got to learn how to shift. Because, see, you can be thankful even for the bad times because somehow God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purposes. I believe it's a season we can take all the limits off God's ability and trust him to provide exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now, this has been an interesting season in my life. The last six nights, and uh, last five out of six nights, I have woke up every morning at 5.55. Right here, alarm clock, on the dot. Not 5.56, not 5.54, but 5.55. Now, you know this is not a coincidence. I mean, your body clock can't wake up every morning at the same time, just automatically. I, I believe it's supernatural. I believe God speaks through alarm clocks. I believe God speaks through all sorts of circumstances. And you can't deny five out of six nights, 555. God's always used this number in my life. A, a few years back, it started with the alarm clock, and then it was everywhere. Five pizzas for $5 after five on Tuesday, and five burgers for $5 at Sonic. 555 kept coming from everywhere. What does that mean? Five is the number of grace. And when I begin to see these numbers like this sequential in my life, I realize God is speaking to me. It's a new season of grace. Now, I don't know about you, but that ought to get you happy right there about a new season of grace. This is a new season of God's grace to move into God's goodness. 1 Peter 5.10 says it very powerfully. It says, but may the God of all grace. Somebody say all grace. All grace. Not some grace, but all grace. That is such a powerful word to me. But the God of all grace, who has called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, will perfect you, establish you, strengthen you, and settle you. That's the word for somebody in this house today. You may have been through a difficult season where you have suffered for a while, but I'm telling you right now, the God of all grace is about to step into your life, and he's going to strengthen you, establish you, and settle you. Touch two people say, you're about to see the goodness of God. Tell them you're about to see the goodness of God. I, asked, I looked up this morning, I got, all grace just struck me, all grace, not part grace, all grace. And I thought of another scripture, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8, here is what it says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. 
He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able. Somebody say God is able. God is able to make all grace, there it is again, abound towards you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. This is another word for somebody else. God's about to bring you out of this place of lack or having just enough into a place that you're going to have more than enough. I'll leave y'all. I'll come over here and talk to these people for a while. I believe it. It says if you sow bountifully, you will re- God will not be mocked. Yes, you may have had a season of sowing. And yes, you may have had a season where you didn't see a harvest. But my Bible says God will not be mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, he's going to reap. The Bible says it's like this. You put the seed in the ground and you go to sleep and you don't even know how it happens. But all of a sudden, you leave a season of sowing and you step into a season of harvest. And I'm telling you, this is the season that God is saying we're in by His grace, we are going to be, begin to see the goodness of the Lord. Amen. Exodus 33 ties grace to, and goodness. It's the story of Moses. It says, so the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. I love that. God told Moses, You have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. I got news for somebody here today. You're not some individual wandering around this earth, and God doesn't know who you are or where you're at or what's going on in your life. The God we serve knows you by name. Actually, he says the very hairs of your head are numbered. That doesn't mean he knows how many. That that means he has each one a number. So when you showered this morning and two fell out, there was an angel that said, that's 398 and 399 right there. I mean, that's the intimacy that this God that we serve knows you, understands you, understands where you're at, what you've been going through, where you're at. And I've just got a word for somebody. I'm telling you, the devil has overplayed his hand in some people's lives. The enemy got involved, and he thought he was going to keep you down. But I'm telling you, the God of all grace is about to come with vengeance against your enemies. And he, he will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And you will see, you will taste and see that the Lord is good. Devils lied to people saying, God's not good. God's not for you. God's against you. The devil is a lie. God knows you by name. Reminded of that scripture in Isaiah. It says, we've gone through the fire and the water. I've called you. I know you by name. You've been through the fire and been the water, but you didn't drown and you didn't get burned up. You came through to the other side. Psalm 66, verse 10 through 12 says, we've been through the fire and through the water. Men have ridden over our heads, laid affliction on our back, but you brought us out to a place of rich fulfillment. Moses said, please show me your glory. He said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will have compassion 
upon whom I will have compassion. The glory of God is simply the goodness of God revealed in our lives. I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Psalm 27, that is. I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I don't know about you. My season may not have been as hard as yours, but I've been through some. People ask me, they say, Kent, do you ever want to quit? I said, it's not do I ever want to quit. It's how many times. <laughs> so, like, this was a good week because I only wanted to quit five times. Last week was worse. It was eight times. So I, I'm not measuring it. Do I want to quit? It's how many times do I want to quit? But you know what happens every time I get close to quitting? Something rises up inside of me and says, don't quit yet. You could, you could be three feet from gold. Don't quit yet. You, you might be right there. Right, yeah, you don't quit yet. His mercies are new every morning. You better wake up again tomorrow because something might happen tomorrow. You better hang on. Why? I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Not the land where I die and go to heaven. I'm talking about right now in this life, I will see the goodness of the Lord working in my life. Touch three or four people say, you're going to see the goodness of God. That's exactly where we are in this season right now. God is telling us, giving us this message. We are about to see by grace the goodness of God in the land of the living. This song that Anna played is from Psalm 65 and it says, says this in verse 11. You crown the year with goodness. In other words, you start the year off for us with goodness. And so that's why God is challenging us through his word, how you begin this year will set you up for what God wants to do the rest of the year. Listen to me. Whatever God's, what, however you treat the first part of these seven days, this is setting you up for what God wants to do this year. Now see, here's what's interesting. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. See, it's one thing to sit here and say, wow, what a great testimony, but that's for somebody else. Oh, yeah, well, the goodness of God. Yeah, I've heard it all before. And what happens is the devil gets you into a mindset where you just get stuck in a season and you can't move out of that season and move into another season. And the only way I know to move out of one season to another season is to do something different. Definition of insanity, just doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. I, so I encourage you, don't go home tomorrow night, eat your TV dinner and watch CNN. Uh-huh, come on, fry your bologna, get outside on the porch and give God some glory. Come on now. I don't know why I'm on bologna today. It ain't healthy, but I do like it from time to time. Make you a hot dog. Get out on the porch. I'm just trying to tell you, it don't have to be steak and caviar to give God some glory. Just get outside. That's why, that's why God told Abraham. Abraham said, God, what will you give me seeing I go childless? God said, get out of your house. Change your vision. Look up to the stars and count them. And that's how many children you're going to. Quit looking at where you are and start looking at where I'm wanting to take you in this season in your life. Touch three people. Say, get some baloney and get outside. Tell them. I don't know what baloney has to do with anything. (laughs) 
He's commanding us to do this. To take the next seven days and honor God by celebrating His goodness, setting us up for success as we move in and find something each and every day for seven days to thank God for and to believe God for. To thank God for and believe God for. I don't know if it was Andrew Jenkins or somebody else I was talking to recently that asked one of the most powerful questions I ever heard. said somebody came for healing. Uh, It was a doctor. And I was talking to him about Andrew Jenkins because it's a doctor who believes in natural healing, medical healing, and supernatural healing. He said, when a patient comes to me, he said, you know what the first question I ask is? I said, what? He says, tell me what you're going to do when you get well. Before we start this process, I just need to know, what do you plan on doing after you get well? And he said, because they've got to start seeing and understanding what could happen down the road. So what are you going to do if you couldn't pick up your grandbaby? Is that the first thing you're going to do? What you gonna do if you could? What are you gonna do when you get well and get a vision inside? That's what these seven days are for: is to get us moving forward with fresh vision of the possibilities, the limitless possibilities of what God could do this year. People say, "Well, what if it don't? What if everything I want doesn't happen?" Well, I've heard it like this: Reach for the stars, you'll never come up with a handful of mud. Come on, somebody. But there's obedience involved. So you can leave this meeting just go, well, silly, you know, bologna outside or pizza. It's obedience. And obedience brings results. Obedience is better than sacrifice. There was a lady in our tabernacle gathering yesterday who woke up at 6.30 in the morning and, the, and she said, I just don't feel like that I'm, that I'm supposed to go to that gathering. Because I think it, she thought it was for like leaders or, you know, ministers. But it was for everybody. She said, as soon as I said that, I heard the Holy Spirit say, get your butt out of bed and get to that meeting. I, if you don't believe God talks like that, I do. I believe God will speak. Just like, he told her, get your butt out of bed and go to that meeting. Her nine-month grandbaby was in the hospital in UAB sick, couldn't sit up in bed didn't know what was wrong with it losing weight, family totally distraught so she comes to this meeting and Darko's, Pastor Darko's preaching and he preaches a message and at the end of it he gives an illustration about Moses' hands he says his hand, as long as his hands were lifted up he defeated Amalekite while his hands hung down Amalekite won and he went on to teach from the Word of God that how Amalekite represents enemies, we will always continually fight from generation to generation. And he talked about how that hand represents complacency, if you're not willing to get it up, laziness, and empty. That's why God said, when you come before me, don't come empty-handed. And he talked about the power of your hand and the illustration of faith toward God and motion for God. So this lady's sitting there, she's hearing this. She's never lifted her hands in church. Her tradition was not to do that. She said, I thought, what have I got to lose? 
So she just threw her hands up right in the middle. Thank you, Jesus. 30 seconds later, she gets a text from her daughter at UAB that says, I don't know what happened, but my baby just sat straight up in the bed at the hospital. It's on video. I'll be showing you the testimony. The doctor came an hour later to check the rounds, and the baby had gained weight overnight. By the time we'd eaten lunch together, she got a phone call. The baby was in the car on the way home from the hospital that God had moved in her life. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Well, why don't everybody go ahead and stand up and let's praise God a minute here this morning. Touch two or three, four people around you and say, get ready for some goodness. Get ready for some goodness. So look at this while we're still standing. Keep standing. So during this time of we call Teshuvah or returning to the Lord, I started praying Psalm 51. It's a prayer of repentance. I was really moved as I saw how David prayed this powerful prayer of returning to the Lord. So this morning I just for some reason looked it up in the message translation. I believe this is the prayer we should pray these seven days as we begin to move under grace into this season of God's goodness. Let me read it for you the first time. Here's what it says. Soak me in your laundry and I'll come out clean. Scrub me and I'll have a snow white life. Tune me in to foot tapping songs. Set these once broken bones to dancing. Don't look too close for blemishes. Give me a clean bill of health. God, make a fresh start in me. Shape a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. And when I saw that, man, the Holy Ghost just jumped all up in me. Shape a Genesis week. Just like this, the Holy Spirit said, how many days did I tell you to feast? I said, seven. He said, how many days was there in creation? I said, seven. He said, what did I say after each day? It is good. (laughs) It is good. It is good. Somebody shout, it is good. Shape a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. Don't throw me out with the trash or fail to breathe holiness in me. Bring me back from gray exile and put a fresh wind in my sails. I believe that's exactly what's going to transpire these days as we move with the Lord in the Feast of Tabernacles. I want to leave that on the screen just for a minute. So I just want to challenge you. Start tonight. Do it differently. That's all I'm telling you. Just do it differently. Tradition, Hebraic tradition says sometimes invite a stranger because you may be entertaining an angel unaware. Don't be surprised if you meet a stranger this week and God just says, have them over for baloney outside. Right? Have them over. Feast with them. You say, I ain't got a tent. Go sit outside at Dairy Queen. They have an outside area. Have a Sunday. Have a Sunday on Sunday. You know what I mean? Splurge. Celebrate the goodness of God. Taste and see 
that the Lord is good. Do something different. And every day, I challenge you, pray this prayer. So I thought we would start today out loud kind of as a declaration and a proclamation for our lives. And then we'll end this service. But as you leave, you were handed out a, a handout when you came in. Ministries available today. We've got prophecy tables where if you just need to hear the word of the Lord, there's trained ministers that will prophesy to you. Just tell you the word of the Lord. Dream interpretation uh, up there that you can go and, and tell them your last three dreams and they'll help you make sense of it and tell you spiritually what God's doing in your life. There's a prayer room for healing and deliverance. or Maybe you even need to just say, I've never accepted Jesus today into my life. I want to be saved. There's people that can lead you to the Lord and pray the prayer with you. All that happened in the ministry time during the connection. But I just want to encourage you, move by faith in obedience because I believe that God's grace is leading us into a season of His goodness and we're going to taste and see that the Lord is good. Because can you pray this? Can you say this out loud with me on the count of three? One, two, three. Soak me in your laundry and I'll come out clean. Scrub me and I'll have a snow white life. Tune me into foot-tapping songs. Set these once broken bones to dancing. Don't look too close for blemishes. Give me a clean bill of health. God, make a fresh start in me. Shape a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. Don't throw me out with the trash or fail to breathe holiness in me. Bring me back from great exile. Put a fresh wind in my sails. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand of praise today. Amen. I say blessings on you the next seven days as we feast and celebrate the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And everybody in agreement said, amen. Be blessed. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to our Sermon of the Week. Visit wordalive.tv for more content from Word Alive International Outreach.